Okay, so can if you have a lengthy comment, more than you know, 10 seconds, we'll get a microphone to you. Uh, appreciate David doing that. And if it's something more brief, just uh, shout it out and we'll try to repeat it for everybody else. Because I do have a couple of questions tonight. Also, we're going to lean a little bit more on the text tonight. We're actually going to read at least two Psalms, depending on time, in their entirety. Granted, a couple of them are only 11 or 17 verses. But we're going to do that as well to try to get a flavor of what we're talking about in the course of our study tonight. So we spent the last two weeks talking about uh, psalms that deal with the Messiah, the coming of the chosen one. Tonight we're talking about these psalms that do something a little bit, not a little bit, but strikingly different and have a tone associated with them. What do we mean, before I, before I tell you what I think it means based on Bruce's notes and my studies, what do we mean by these imprecatory psalms in a in a statement or two. And again, if it's something lengthy, um, we'll get a microphone to you. And if you're puzzled, that's okay too, because we're going to click. Say that one more time. Praying for a curse on someone or some ones. Okay. And we're going to talk about the difference between that little nuance there that I threw in there, the idea of someone versus some ones. What else? All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and, and start with, let's see if I can get this to work here. Hmm. When in doubt, take the battery out. This is how technologically advanced I am. See how that works? Uh, introduction. Uh, to, it comes from the word to uh, imprecate. And David Creech and I were talking about the idea, whenever you have the, the I-M in Latin, what's the word possible mean? It means something that you can do. What does the word impossible do? It's something you can't do. It's, it's impossible. To, to, it just makes perfect sense. To invoke evil upon or to curse. Uh, to pray for a curse or to pray for evil or to pray for judgment or to pray that something bad would happen, which is exactly what Brother Job just said a moment or so ago. These psalms, and there are uh, a handful of them, uh, if you're looking at your little outline that Bruce provided for you, there's about nine different psalms that he referenced, uh, are troubling for some Christian readers. And I read through Bruce's notes, and that's one of the points that he wanted to make. What does he mean by that? What do we mean by that? Uh, a psalm that asks for a curse on a group of people. Why might that be troublesome at least in terms of our study. Why might that, let me put it a different way. Why might that give you a little bit of angst or concern as you're reading through it? Okay, so we're gonna look at Matthew chapter five in just a couple of moments where Jesus very plainly says, pray for those who use you, pray for those that are abusive to you, do good to those who hurt you. I'm paraphrasing Matthew 5, and we'll get to that passage in just a minute. Anything else as to why this is maybe some challenging of a uh, section of text? Yeah, Brother Bill. It sounds mean. And that's a very, very simple way of putting it. It does sound mean. Let their teeth fall out. Um, may their bones rot. 
May they be delivered to hell. May they go into the fire. It sounds mean. And those are, I didn't make those up. I just quoted from a handful of Psalms that we're going to read here in just a couple of moments. Uh, Brother Chris, uh, and then while we're getting to Brother Chris, approximately 18 Psalms have this kind of language where it speaks um, a curse where David or the author says, I, I pray, God, that these ugly things happen to these people over here. Brother Chris. Uh, in addition to Matthew 5, there's Romans 12, 14. Mm-hmm. You might be getting there too, but it is very specific. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So okay. It's hard to get around that. Yeah. So uh, very good point. So you have Matthew chapter 5. You have Romans chapter 12. You have other passages that talk about being good and being kind to those who are mean to you. Yet you have 18, give or take. And, you know, someone might say this is an imprecatory psalm. Someone else may say it's not. So that's why I said approximately 18. Um, Yet you have this language that is vivid that we're going to look at here in just a couple of moments. So how we go about reconciling that. Let's just throw that question out, because that's probably the biggest question of the night. How do you reconcile that? You have uh, teachings in Scripture, not just in the New Testament. We're going to look at Leviticus 19 in just a moment uh, at a passage that teach you be kind to those that are mean to you. Turn the other cheek, to borrow from Jesus' language. How do you reconcile that with the Psalms that call for uh, vindication and punishment of people. So that's the big question of the night. And that's why this is uncomfortable or troubling for some Christian readers. How would you answer that? And that's, that's a kind of a tough question to start us with. Yes, Sharman. Microphone's on the way. Anybody else while we're waiting on Sharman? And we'll uh, get you in just a second. I was just thinking not every story or thing that's recording in the Bible is is something that we are supposed to emulate. I mean, and okay. David was not a perfect person. He he did sin and just because he wrote things or somebody mm. wrote things doesn't mean that it's something that's okay. I'm not saying I don't know. I I'm just just a thought. Sure. Absolutely. Sam, go ahead. Thank you, Charmin. So it it takes me a while to to think. Anyway, uh I I had enough time. She stalled for me. Um they lived under a different age, and yes, there are places, like you said, where, you know, God wanted them to be kind and loving and, and so on and so forth, but also, God called them to rise up and kill their enemies, destroy other nations. God decided judgment upon nations, people, tribes, his own people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it was a different time, different law. And that's uh, in a nutshell how I would say that we can read those things and understand that some of those things may not be for me to want to do today. Excellent. So the that is a frequent, uh, not a frequent, but that's a very good point that both Sharman and Uh, Sam make about the idea of the era in which these things were happening. We're talking about Psalms being written roughly 3,000 years ago. So there may be something to be said for some cultural differences as well. Possibly. Let's put a a a, a question mark there for a minute. Yeah, Brother Bill. So so I'll take a slightly different view. Um, 
where I think there's, there's a place for it if, if done in the right way. And I'll, I'll illustrate this way. So in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, um, Paul says, Even if an angel of heaven should preach a gospel contrary to what I have preached to you, he is to be accursed. So Paul offers a curse upon a, a, a strong rebuke, <clears throat> excuse me, a strong rebuke on a certain class of people. Uh, it even says for them to be cursed. So um, mm-hmm. in, in some way, if we direct um, a prayer towards the actions of a, of a person uh, that is causing, in this case, false, false teaching in the book of Galatians, um, I think there is a place for it. Okay. And that le- leads us to kind of the 21st century side of the application. Could we see this kind of thing happening today? Brother Roger and then uh, brother, uh, Sister Janie. I look at this as it's akin to practicing self-defense. The Bible okay. says uh, not to kill, but that's murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a difference between but, the two, right? Yes, and in Ecclesiastes, it says it's time to kill. Yeah. Okay, excellent observation. Uh, Janie? Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say that David is not taking his own vengeance. He's asking God to okay. take vengeance. Very, very good point. And that, that's going to go back to slide into a point that we're going to make a little bit later in one of our slides. Let's do this. Let's pause for just a second. Let's look at an example. Let's go to Psalm 140. And I, I went back and forth as to which Psalm I wanted to start with. But let's go to 140. So very late in the book of Psalms. And I said, we're going to read three or four, two or three Psalms, depending on our time. Uh, and we're going to read them in their entirety because some of them are relatively brief. Uh, 140 is is uh, 13 verses. So what I want you to do is as we read this, listen for or look for things that would fit the model of a psalm that is saying, may something bad or scary or ugly happen to those who are unrighteous. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to take my steps, to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. You have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. As for the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits that they, that they rise not up again. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. So the exercise that we're going to engage in with two or three psalms, four, depending on the amount of time that we have, is do you see anything in here that fits this mold of imprecatory language? And if so, what is it? Which verse or verses? Yeah. When you get down to verses 9 and 10 uh, and even 11, 
uh, it moves from uh, where the psalmist is not just saying, protect me from evil, but if you find evil, Lord, I want burning coals to fire, uh, burning coals of fire to fall on them, cast into the fire, go into deep pits, never to rise up again. This is very strong language. And one of the reasons, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, when, when Bruce outlined uh, his study a few months ago, we could have skipped over these psalms because they are a little uncomfortable, but you are going to deal with someone in your lifetime who is going to be a critic of scripture in part because of these psalms and say, that's the God you serve who says, I want you to be cast into a pit. So, and I see a couple of heads nodding yes, as if you understand what I'm saying here. We need to be prepared to be able to say, well, wait a minute now, let's, let's talk about this in a very rational uh, sense of what's going on here. So there's an example of what we're talking about here. Uh, Brother Jonathan has a comment. And then, did I see someone else on my right? Oh, we'll go, we'll go with Jonathan. And we're opening this up to Psalm 140 or anything else thus far. So one of the key things that uh, we need to be careful not to lose in this and uh, begins to uh, make things clear, the, the person who is praying or uh, speaking in this way um, is motivated by a proper sense of justice. So in verse 12, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. And so um, we're not praying for something that is uh, not right or true or um, deserved. We are seeking um, justice in, in affliction. When you come to Revelation chapter 6, there are the saints who are being persecuted and now the ones who have even mm -hmm. died. And their prayer is mirroring the prayer of the saints on earth. And it is, how long, O Lord, will you refrain from avenging our blood on those who live on the earth? So uh, very, very similar thing. They realize that injustice is, is kind of allowed to carry, be carried on Mm -hmm. at least for the time being, and they're praying for the justice is really the key, the key there. I love that. Very good point. Excellent. Okay, so kind of catalog that concept of seeking God's justice in, in, in your head as well. One other little point here is that it could be, and I'm not saying that it is, but that the author here is doing a little bit of a backward glance to something, say, like Sodom and Gomorrah, the whole idea of hot coals falling down. Was God, so, and, and, and the, these are the tough questions that we sometimes have to answer. Not that they're tough to answer, but they're tough to answer. Was God just in what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah? And yes, he was. By, by rule, that's just. Uh, just is the idea of fair and right. Why was that just? Okay, because God did it, because he's the one who is, he is the epitome of justice. There is no miscarriage of justice with God. And we sometimes talk about that, that in our, in our criminal system, sometimes things get, judges get it wrong, juries get it wrong. And that's, that's part of an imperfect system that we have. We do the very best we can, and we probably have a pretty decent system compared to most places in the world, but sometimes we get it wrong. Uh, and the wrong person gets convicted or the right person gets 
reversed. Um, never with God. Never with God. What else do we know about Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember the whole 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 down to 10? Or 50, 45, 40. Remember that whole thing? So who was in the wrong in Sodom and Gomorrah? It's residents, those who are practicing evil doing. So very, very good point, I think, to, to kind of let us sit in our head. Okay. Go a little bit further here. Uh, of the 18 Psalms that use this kind of language, approximately 368 total verses in these Psalms. Um, and then in those 368 verses, Psalm 140 being a kind of uh, uh, model, you have 13 verses. Only about 65 verses use language. So here in verse, in th- out of 13 verses, two verses, give or take, a verse and a half, uses this language of vindication and uh, calling down the curse, going back to what Brother David Job pointed out at the outset. So you only have about 65 verses to study, and we just, we've only looked at one or two. We're not going to look at but more than maybe 12 at the most over the course of our study. Um, moving on here, uh, these Psalms often, and I put always, I remember when I, when I was writing this out, uh, focus on a class of people and not individuals. Uh, I, I put always with a question mark because I, I don't know. I didn't read every single instance. I didn't go to every single example. But generally speaking, when David is praying, Please let these people be accursed. It's generally a group of people, a nation or a tribe, which is where a moment ago, uh, and not an individual. So it's not a matter of this person was mean to me, and I hope that you go and slaughter them. Rather that these people have denied you, turned their back on you, given themselves over to idolatry, done what was done in Sodom and Gomorrah, for example, and therefore they are deserving of God's righteous judgment. So there's a difference between calling down fire on Bob versus on the people of idolatry. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That may be one way to kind of say, Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Now I kind of see what's, what's happening here. Uh, that being said, I think I made another point here. One could see this when the Lord still provides opportunities uh, of in, for, for individuals to say for individuals to repent. So, okay, God says, nation A, I'm going to judge you as unrighteous, but I'm still providing an opportunity for individuals, as few as there may be, to make whatever appropriate changes to get themselves out of that trouble. And we've seen that throughout the course of the Old Testament, where God has rendered judgment on a group of people, uh, but saved one or two. Give me an example of one. I have one that comes to mind quickly. Yeah, Noah... uh, Rahab, Noah is a very global one, right? Yeah, Rahab is a little bit more limited geographically. Yeah, I was thinking about Rahab as well, and there's others too. That God says, okay, it always reminds me of Matthew chapter 13 where it talks about the wheat and the tares. God does not rip up all the ugly stuff because he's afraid, afraid is not the right word, because he doesn't want to harm the good stuff. 
He wants to wait for the time where there can be an appropriate separation. The disadvantage to that is we've got to live in a world that is filled with evil and people that could influence us poorly. But that's the way that God wants to do things. Um, The last thing I'll say here on this slide is you can view these Psalms wherein God has already assured victory over the enemies of the Lord. So when David says, may coals of fire come down on their head, God has already said, I'm going to rain coals of fire down on their head. David or the psalmist in general are not saying, well, this is what I want because of some harm that's been done to me or to my family. But rather, this is God's will. I'm praying for God's will, which in many ways goes back to Galatians chapter 1, which is God's will. That if someone teaches something that is in error, uh, contrary to the message, we are not to believe it. Um, last slide here, and then we're going to go to Psalm 35. Let's go, go ahead over to Psalm 35, then we'll get to what I called problems, which we've actually already addressed a little bit. Um, but we're going to spend the final 20 minutes of our time looking at Psalm 35 and maybe one or two others here. Psalm 35 is a little more lengthy, but let's go through it here. Um, look at verse, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip around. I'm going to go to verse 1, then to verse 4. Uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Verse 1, plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. So just think about that statement for a minute. Fight against those who fight against me. Um, and bring this to 21st century. Could we pray the same thing? Fight against those who fight against me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a physical kingdom. Physical and, kingdom is what the point was made. And I keep, I keep going back to, um, you know, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus' kingdom was not of this world, uh, okay. but David's was. And it's a different context. He had physical things, physical people that he had to overcome. And I, I think the context could be a little different here. I don't know if I would feel comfortable Sure. Praying and, and, that and prayer. I, I'm not suggesting that it is right to pray. I'm just throwing it out. No, no. I, I, you, you were asking questions. I don't know if I would be comfortable with okay. it. Okay. But I think, I think it's okay. a different time. Sure. Very valid. Let me go ahead and put up a couple of things here. Leviticus 19, verse 18. What does Leviticus 19, 18 say? In, in paraphrase, you can look it up if you want. Some of you probably have memorized it. It's uh, a, uh, Jesus actually goes back and quotes from it. Love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. Um, That is not a New Testament concept. That's a biblical concept, loving the neighbor as yourself. Well, do I want coals of fire to come down on me? No. So it goes to the heart of of some of the comments that have just been made. Furthermore, you have Proverbs 25. I thought this was, I hadn't thought about this passage, but uh, I think Bruce brought this passage up in his notes or someone did. Uh, Proverbs 25, 21, um, if someone were to quote this, I would say you're quoting from Romans chapter 12. That's what, going back to Chris's point here. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. 
for so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Uh, and then you have Matthew five forty three through about verse 48 where it talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that it was said you can hate those who hate you, but I'm telling you, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you and spitefully use you. Um, so let's go ahead and look at uh, Psalm 35. Um, verse 4, let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like the chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause, they have hidden their net for me in a pit which they have dug without cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly and let his net that he has hidden catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. So does that sound like um, imprecatory language? Does to me the idea of, you know, we don't want anyone that we care about. We don't want anyone, period, to slip and fall. But he says, let him slip, let him fall. Let the angel go after him and make him fall in the process. So, um, and I don't have all the answers tonight. Uh, I say that sometimes frequently, but I really don't tonight because I'm, I'm still exploring this in my, in my brain, trying to figure this out. Um, let's go to Psalm 55. Any, any thoughts on 35 before we go to 55? 55 is not quite as lengthy. Uh, give ear to my prayer. So again, reference to prayer uh, and Pray for those who use you is Matthew chapter 5 as we looked at a moment or so ago. Give ear to my prayer. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. This is 55 verse 2. I am restless in my complaint and I moan noisily. And here's why I'm moaning. Moaning is a strong word, right? Here's why I'm moaning. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I'd fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. Destroy and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in the midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. Verse 15. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. Um, 23, but you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days but I will trust in you. So again, some similar language. Uh, let them go down to the pit. Let them be chased. This is the flavor of the language that these psalms are, are using. Thoughts so far? 
Bill, you look through. I'll, I'll like, okay, and then we'll go to Bill here. Remind me of your first name. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. I think about God. He says he's vengeance. Mm-hmm. He says he will repay. And I, I'm sure there's, a, there's an expression for the kind of prayer when you pray to God to do something he said he's going to do. I'm sure there's a, there's a term for that. I don't know what it is. but Fancy. If we, maybe so. If, if, if we ask God to forgive us of the sins that we repent of, he's told us that he would, but we still ask him to do it. Absolutely. Uh, so if David's saying, do what you said you're going to do, yeah. what's wrong with that? Absolutely. I think, I think Ty is onto something there. And again, I'm developing my understanding of this because I, I did, I've struggled with this over the last couple, I've been a little bit anxious about this class. Anxious, don't be anxious for anything. Um, but I have been just a touch anxious about this class just because like, um, I think that's a really good point. We pray for forgiveness knowing he's gonna forgive us. We pray for our daily food even, and are thankful for it knowing full well he's gonna give it to us, not in a brash uh, way, but in a, in a confident way. So, Brother Bill. Yeah, maybe to build off of that a little bit, in your, in your previous slide you talked about the, um, the in Psalms being pointed at a class of people. While I agree with that, I think the last two Psalms point out that it's not just some generic body. Like, David knows these people. Like, it's, it's personal to David. So it's mm-hmm. not just, excuse me, there's, it's not just praying for all evil to be undone generationally for all time. Like there's specific people that David is, is um, recognizing, I think, when he's praying these things to God. We don't know their names, but David, David does. It's David a personal thing, I think. Not um, just God make all the evil go away. Okay, thank you. And that might fit, again, with Ty's point about the idea of it being a earthly kingdom versus a heavenly kingdom. Just another thought, just to kind of put in your head. So our, our goal tonight is to put thoughts in your heads. Um, so I hope that's what we're doing. All right. Let's go to 58. Very short psalm. We're going to read all of 58. Um, only 11 verses. And then... Uh, We'll wrap up here in just a couple of minutes here. All right, 58. Do you indeed speak righteousness, you silent ones? Do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? No. In heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them flow away as waters which run continually. When he bends his bow, let his arrows be as if cut in pieces. Let them be like a snail which melts away as it goes, like a stillborn child of a woman that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, as in his living and burning wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is God who judges in the earth. Stark language, is it not? I mean, it's... um, Verse 6, 
at least in the New King James, break their teeth in their mouth. Now, who, who's, who's the they? And, and we may not be able to identify a specific tribe or group of people or nation, but I think we can identify a particular type of people he's talking about based on verses one through four. What kind of people are we talking about? Unrighteous. Idolaters. Those who are committing spiritual adultery. Those who have turned their back on God. So when, as I was reading through verse... Verse 2 and verse 3, uh, my mind was going to, yeah, I want you to think of the, the worst kinds of human beings, <laughs> you know, the people that just, mm. I'm not talking about people that cut you off in traffic. I'm talking about people that, I mean, heinous crimes uh, that just destroy families and destroy people and kill innocent ones and just... You know, the world is filled with a lot of people that are very, very ugly uh, and do very ugly things. And it makes us sad to see those things. That seems to me, when, he's, when the psalmist here is saying, I want those people stopped. Do we not want those people stopped? We do. Now, I think Ty makes a good point. How we pray about that may be, um, we, we each got to make our own decision as to how we pray about that. Ultimately, and this is a little bit beyond the scope of this lesson, it reminds me of a point that a preacher made years ago when uh, Osama bin Laden was alive and Saddam Hussein was alive and, and people like that. We, we can talk about you know, nation states and political justice and those kinds of things, and I have my opinions on that, as you may have yours as well. But the best possible outcome before... Uh, Hussein was killed or bin Laden was killed, the best possible outcome, I think, could have been for them to be taught the truth and then responded to the truth and then become a Christian. Now, they may have faced capital punishment at that point, and we can debate that as well, although I think the Bible is pretty clear on some of those things. That would have been a great result for them to come to the truth. That's what we want. Uh, and I pick those people because of just the, the violence and ugliness associated with them. Uh, Brother Chris, microphone's on the way. Give you five seconds to think. Here it's coming. So another possibility that kind of just came to me, I was thinking of Nineveh. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of Jonah um, prophesying, hey, You've had it. Um, and Isaiah talks about vengeance a lot. It may be that because David was prophetic for other things, it may be that he was prophesying for these things that were going to happen too. I don't know. Okay. Um, for me, I, I try not to be too specific. Now, now, David's very specific when he prays. But when I pray, I try not to be specific because I may not know the best way to handle this. Mm -hmm. And God, I trust, has you know, has the best way, no, no doubt. Um, so just even if we set aside, should we or should we not pray for evil or bad to happen to somebody, maybe we should just think about, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? Maybe we should uh, pray for God to protect me or protect whoever mm -hmm. is being attacked however he wants to, and he'll, he'll have the best way. Very good. 
Is there something to be said for praying? I don't know exactly, Bill over here, um, or David Bill's over here, uh, to pray. I don't know exactly. Okay. Boy, David's, someone double his pay. <laughs> While you're doing that, uh, I was going to say something very, the most profound thing you've ever heard. And it's gone. That's okay. We'll go to Brother Bill. Yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I think, I mean, while I tend to believe that it's fine, I say fine loosely, I don't mm-hmm. mean it lightly. Uh, I think it's okay, and it should be part of our repertoire to pray things like this. I think we, we oftentimes get in trouble, even in my own mind, thinking there's a difference between asking God to do vengeance by God for God and, and thinking that, well, maybe, maybe I'm responsible for shattering their teeth. You know, no, that's not what <clears throat> that's not what's being um, that's not what's being asked for. Because that's how you point. get the crusades and and um, like um, abuse mm-hmm. of Jesus, right? So there's one way to there's one thing to think praying these things and asking God to do it in God's way, like Chris is like Chris is saying. And I think that's the that's the mentality you got to have. You, you mm-hmm. don't think I'm going to pray these things and then I'm going to do something about it. Right. Good point. Very good point. Vigilante kind of stuff. Um, did I see another hand? Yeah, David. Just a <clears throat> completely different thought here. Um, something that's become popular today uh, is journaling. At least it's something that I've become aware of just in the last few years. So, some of you may have done journaling before where you write down everything that's in your heart as if you're praying to God but you write it down I mean everything the good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. and sometimes when I read these psalms it almost seems mm-hmm. that way that he has just done this mind dump to God and obviously it was written down it's been preserved for us mm-hmm. but there's something very therapeutic about doing that because it reveals some things about your own self that maybe you, you didn't know. Yeah. And even David prayed, search me, O God, you mm-hmm. know, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxiety. See if there's any wicked way in me and, and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a sense when you write those things down, uh, again, Helps. it's just very therapeutic. Very good. All those thoughts. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that angle. Linda? Uh huh. <laughs> she, Linda said, uh, she didn't think these particular psalms will probably appear in our psalm book. Right? Um, you know, going back to the point that Chris made and, and a couple of people have made, um, the whole idea of is it okay for us, and the answer is yes, to pray, Lord, I don't know exactly what to do about enemies and about um, those that are going to stand in the way of your truth. But whatever is necessary, I pray that that happens. Of course, it's okay to pray that. And sometimes we don't know what we ought to ask, which is when what steps in? Or who? The Holy Spirit steps in, Romans chapter 8, making those utterances that we can't with our own sense utter to, to the Lord himself. Uh, let's go finally in our final uh, couple of seconds here to Psalm 
which one did I want to go to? 83, just very briefly. Psalm 83. And this, if you want a little assignment, a little 20-minute assignment, look at this particular uh, psalm, and you'll see references to, for example, verse 9, deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the brook Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became his refuse on the earth. So one, it's kind of a nice way to go back and do some history work in the Old Testament. Uh, but also, it's a way of, of, of the psalmist here saying, deal with them in the way that you've dealt with them before. Um, and I really like the point that Bill made. I think like all the points that we made tonight about this isn't a matter of um, may they be defeated, now I will go defeat them. Uh, let the Lord handle that, uh, that I think is the point that Bill was kind of making there. So we're going to go ahead and stop there. I appreciate uh, you letting me not give you all the answers because I don't have them all. And we'll, uh, we'll pick up there. Next week, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalms of Sadness, Laments, Lamentations. So that'll be a, a very good study. Thank you all.